Hello, and welcome to our Top of Mind podcast. In this program, we will sit down with a Tambellini analyst to discuss helping higher ed think through the next steps now that faculty are online and students have been sent home due to COVID-19. I'm your host, Caitlin Olkani, Vice President of Client Services and Cybersecurity Research at the Tambellini Group. I'm joined today by Dave Kiefer, who serves as the Vice President Large Enterprise Systems at the Tambellini Group. Over the next few minutes, we are going to hear about business continuity planning in higher ed. Let's get started. Welcome to the program, Dave. Thanks, Caitlin. I'm excited to be here. Uh, not excited for the times that we're in, but I think there's a lot to talk about uh, to help folks think through what they should be doing. To get started, can you tell us more about your background in higher education? Sure. Um, I've spent 30 plus years in higher ed technology, um, all of that at The Ohio State University in Columbus. And um, started out at the very beginning as a as a student and a student programmer and worked my way through just about every role you can think of in an applications organization. Um, and along with that comes a lot of the, the support um, and operations experience that folks need right now. Um, folks who have been in the trenches running these things when all sorts of uh, situations happen that are bad. You know, one of my observations is that when I began in this in this field, we were supporting mainframe computers and we were doing some pretty basic functions, if you think about it. You know, we were doing accounting and purchasing and some basic things like that. Um, and the impact of, of an outage or a problem in, in IT was pretty limited to the back of the house and, and most functions had paper counterparts. So, you know, if the accounting system went down, then you did it on paper for a while until it came back. But everything ran, the institution ran. There was very little in the academic side of the house that was impacted when technology didn't work or when the people who run technology couldn't run it. Uh, and we're in just a really different situation over the last 10 years um, with all the technology that's uh, flooded into the academic arena. It's nearly impossible to function without some of this technology. Dave, do you think that there have been specific events from the past that are good corollaries or might be able to help us in the situation we're in now? I do. Um, you know, this is obviously an unprecedented event. We haven't had something like this in a hundred years um, when the exciting technology at the time was electricity. So, um, you know, I think through a couple kinds of events that kind of add up to this more than I do one that's similar. So the first thing I thought of uh, in, in thinking through the, kind of the history of this is the H1N1 bird flu pandemic in 2009. Um, that caused a lot of institutions to do some pretty serious pandemic planning and went through all the, all the scenarios that are actually playing out today. Unfortunately, well, first of all, fortunately, that didn't hit the level of pandemic that this is hitting. Um, and we did a lot of that planning and did not need to execute those plans. Um, unfortunately, many of those plans haven't been renewed um, up to this point. So even the institutions that did those, those things 10 or 11 years ago may not have current 
pandemic plans sitting mm -hmm. on the shelf ready to do, and they may not have, have tried to use them. Um, but then I think about the kinds of disruptions we have seen. So in my career, the most prevalent disruption has been power outages. Um, and you know, when you're running a data center, your own data center, power outage is about the worst thing that can happen to you. And, and so you know, we lived through a number of pretty significant power outages. Uh, some we were pretty well unscathed and some we weren't. But you know, this, is, this is a very different kind of, of outage. But the things to be learned from those events are, you know, what what are your basic communication framework when things go bad? Who's in charge of what? Um, where are folks going to go if they can't be in the building that they're supposed to be in because there's no power? And how are they going to work and communicate? So those basic business continuity plans um, still hold uh, a lot of value if you have them. Um, you know, I still think about one especially bad situation we had, which was. Uh, we had a squirrel that shorted out the, the power to our data center. Okay, so you have backup plans and backup plans for that, right? The poor squirrel. But the situation rolled out that at the time we didn't have a second leg of power. So hmm. we were on a single, single feet of power. Yeah. Um, and the generator fires up. And about 10 minutes later, the generator gives out because the contractor oh who did service put the wrong fuel in it. Um, and so that's the other thing to think about is that multiple failures cause the worst problems. And so mm -hmm. right now we're dealing with a situation where so many people are not in the office and our students are not on campus. If a second thing goes wrong, it can become pretty catastrophic. So we have to be super careful about making sure we're thinking about all of the other things that need to be working for the heroics that we've, we've all put on in the last few weeks to get students and faculty functioning uh, to continue to function. I'm wondering if there's ever been, I, I, to your point, you know, this is a pandemic that you know, we haven't seen a global health crisis like this in a hundred years, and, but has there ever been any kind of other event in the recent past to affect so many institutions? I don't think so. There's not, there's not one I can think of. Um, and, you know, again, if you, if you go to pandemic planning that, that some folks have gone through, um, none of that planning is about systems. It's about the people. And that's really what everyone is dealing with today is how do I take care of the people I have that, that work for me and that I'm serving um, to make sure they're all okay um, as much as I can? And how do I plan for, and this is what's coming next, how do I plan for if some percentage of them can't work right. because they're sick or a family member is sick or um, they can't do their job effectively because they're, you know, they got six kids in an apartment or, you know, whatever the situation is. Um, but having these situations that are the primary impact is on people um, makes the planning that much harder, I think, because there, there, are, very, there are fewer uh, replacements for individuals than there are for systems and technology capabilities. Well, and I would imagine that the fact that higher ed is so communal and most of the work in higher ed is typically done face-to-face, -face, that suddenly being forced to work remotely and, and everyone being forced to work remotely is also bringing its own challenges to these teams. Absolutely. Um, 
I think that many teams have become more and more comfortable with some of the technologies that we're, we're all relying on completely today. Um, you know, between Zoom and Skype and all those other technologies, many people have become more comfortable with them. But to turn around and rely on them 100% is exhausting for people. Um, they, the way that they interact socially with people, to do that online with a headset all day is a very different thing than, than doing it with some of the folks while you're in the office with most of them. And I think we're starting to see folks be um, very frazzled and, and exhausted by this new way of communicating that they're not used to. It takes some time. Dave, what are some of the things that you're most worried about for institutions as they work through this pandemic? As I have been thinking about this and, and you know, interestingly now not being inside the institution, um, I, I definitely feel for my colleagues who are there trying to make this work. Um, but I have the advantage of not being in the throes of it in the way that they are and have a chance to, to step back a little bit. Um, so obviously, and I mentioned this before, the number one thing is that you're worried about your people. And that's mm -hmm. what people, that's what leaders and managers uh, need to do is take care of their people first. Um, but they also need to start to shift from this first phase of the pandemic where the number one impact is we're not physically in the same place to the medium and long-term impact, which is I have a bunch of people who can't function in their job uh, for whatever reason, whether they are um, infected with the virus and ill or they have family members or um, their family member lost their job and or they don't have internet or whatever it is, some portion of the workforce is going to start to be more unavailable over the next few weeks as the pandemic spreads and as the impact of people suddenly being off-site start to permeate a little deeper. So um, for me, the thing I worry the most about is do organizations have a plan for this next phase? Um, and do they have someone who, who can now start to really focus now that we've gotten over that first hump? Uh, okay. School is back in session at most institutions. We're doing it remotely at most institutions. Um, and the stories I have seen over the last two days um, floating through the community seem to be relatively positive. Now I need to do some real hardcore business continuity planning for what's mm -hmm. coming. Um, and that, you know, we don't know how long that's gonna go on, but it's more than a couple of weeks. Um, and so it's a, it's, it takes some pretty serious planning and organization now to take what we have and now extend that with some additional problems over the next few months. Right. So, you know, one of the things I've been thinking about is, okay, what, what does that really mean? And what can folks do right now, um, whether or not they have a business continuity plan? First of all, if you have one, get it out. <laughs> get someone assigned to assess your readiness to use it and it's your ability to use it in the way that it's, it's created. And if you don't have one, uh, it's going to be some pretty tactical planning for somebody to jump in and start to put something together um, and really think about the components of that plan that are most important. Um, because, you know, most of the traditional business continuity plans weren't built for the last two weeks. They were built right. for the coming months um, for this kind of extended um, outage of, of people. So, um, you know, I've been thinking about what it, what is it that, what is it that someone, let's, at, say my president or my provost came to me and said, okay, 
you know, IT operations seem to be working, but what are you going to do for the next months? I had to sit down and do IB. Um, and so again, it's responsibility lines and making sure you have duplicate folks backing up people who may not be available or may become unavailable. You have great communications plans. Um, you have, you know, in many cases, we're hearing that daily, daily standups um, are working very well for teams um, because there's so much uncertainty and so much change. So figure out a way to get your teams communicating on a regular basis. Um, figure out where they all are and who has limitations um, to their, eat their situation. So as an example, they may have kids that have to take care of certain hours of the day and they can't do it. They may have physical space limitations, technology limitations, and assess your teams for what those limitations are and get as factual about them as you can so that you can either help that team member with that or take it into account in your planning. Right. So there's some of those things that I think um, organizations can be doing now that they're hopefully coming out of that initial push of, wow, I need to get hundreds of courses online in a matter of days, and what am I going to do? Well, Dave, what pieces of a business continuity plan do you think are the most important? If an institution really is struggling right now, maybe they are one of the institutions that doesn't feel as prepared as they need to be, what pieces should they focus the most on? So the way I think about a business continuity plan is that it's less of a plan than a framework. And the framework consists of clarity about responsibilities and communication. So if everyone knows who's in charge of which components of your IT infrastructure or your applications, um, who's making the command and control decisions about those things, and there's a matrix of how to get a hold of people, um, you've solved at least 50% of the confusion and frustration that people face when everybody's sent out of the office and they can't walk and talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so clarity is number one. Everyone has to know who's in charge of what. Um, think about it as a military exercise, even though that's not how you're going to function. You, you need to think about command and control of all these pieces and parts of your operation and be as clear with your team as you can about them. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's probably number one. Number two is that you have a calendar in front of you of business events. And you know, some organizations will keep a single calendar of the major business months, whether it's mm -hmm. registration for the next semester or it's the next payroll and get that calendar in a place where your whole team can get to it to make sure that you don't miss something that you would have normally done in the regular course of business. I think that's an urgent priority for, for organizations to make sure they know what would have been happening this week that we've forgotten about because we were so focused on getting all these, all these courses online and getting these faculty and staff and students supported uh, through this transition to remote work. Um, so I, I think those are probably the two most important things. Um, the third, and, and I put this out last week, was listening to what's actually happening with your team members. Um, if you're as lucky as I was, um, and in my organizations at Ohio State, you have an amazing team that knows how to do the work. They know how to fix problems, they know how to run operations, uh, and you need to listen to them to hear when things are coming up from operations uh, that are a problem that you didn't expect and make sure that um, we, that you, you think about using them as your eyes and ears um, in the field for what kind of problems might be coming 
um, that leadership isn't expecting. Well, we know that this is a very disruptive time and we've started to see some major projects be paused. Mm -hmm. What happens if institutions who are really counting on some kind of transformation effort to go forward in the short term are now having to deal with maybe not being able to work on that project for some time? Well, I think there's two kinds of situations. One is that where someone's actually going to pause the work. Um, I think that's generally the minority. Um, so let me play that scenario out for you. So, you know, we, we just heard today that, that Ohio State has pushed their go live date by six months based on what's happening at their medical center. And the medical centers need to react to and attend to the pandemic, um, which is a totally logical thing to do. But in doing that, that does not mean you're ready to go and you can just wait for six months and go. At the end of the day, um, there's a whole replanning effort that has to happen to move something like that. So um, as leaders, make sure you're taking into account, okay, if, I, if I'm gonna move or change something, my project team needs to react to that and think about all the impacts to it. Um, all of these projects are incredibly date sensitive. So if you have a, a big, um, a big move that has been scheduled and now rescheduled. Um, date sensitivity on those activities is really important. So that's one piece. The second piece is that um, many of those folks on those project teams have skills that can be used to help with day-to-day -day operations that are now super stressed. Um, and so realigning folks for a period of time to help out with operational activities that need to happen or academic support operations that need to happen, um, you'll find most people want to be useful and helpful and finding places where you can apply those skills across the organization is a great team building um, function as well as shows the resiliency of, of the organization to your institution. So I think there are ways to do some of both um, and continually be watching to see how long is this gonna go? Um, if I put something out one month or two months or three months, is that really gonna work? And do mm -hmm. I need to evaluate other alternatives as well? Um, and so, I mean, the last piece of this is many of those big project teams are funded in a way that is not recurring funding. And so now you also have a budget problem um, that these organizations are gonna have to look at for some of these really large initiatives. Um, and those are not minor, at, you know, large project teams moving for months at a time. So there's another issue there. It's not gonna be top of mind yet, but it will be in a few months. Dave, do you have any last thoughts for our listeners about top things that they could be doing now to prepare for what's to come in May or June? Um, I, I would just re-emphasize a couple of things. One is uh, listen to your team, talk to your team. Um, they've been doing this work many times for decades, so they understand the ins and outs of what's what the impact of this might be. And so you really need some bottom-up communication to, to get impacts from your team members about what the real impacts are going to be for these things. Um, and, and really the second one is plan, plan, plan. This is, this is the time to at least get some of your team out of reaction mode and jump back into planning mode to figure out how to deal with um, the day-to-day -day operations that have to run. You know, there's right now there's probably nothing more critical to most people than payroll running. 
uh, and making sure they all get paid and they can continue to do the job. And those tactical things are not easy to do in this kind of environment. So that kind of planning and support, I think, is is really a focus for these next few months or should be uh, for a lot of a lot of teams on a lot of campuses. Dave, thanks so much for joining me and sharing your expertise. It's been a pleasure. This concludes our Top of Mind podcast. Please stay safe during these challenging times. Check back with us next month for another topic. And don't forget to check out Tambolini's other resources on our blog and YouTube channel, particularly our new resources on how to handle all of the disruption right now happening with the pandemic. We wish you the best. Everyone stay safe. Thanks for listening.